Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome to another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. Today's friend is Jesse from Denton. And his story is, She Cheated, Left, and Died. Jesse, welcome to the show. Thank you for, uh, for joining us. The floor is yours. Well, thank you so much. So I will uh, take you back to the very beginning. So I met Crystal on February 12th, 2016. Uh, but I saw her on the 11th. We just didn't meet. Um, was at the Amazing Arizona Comic-Con, which is a smaller Comic-Con here in Phoenix where I'm at now. And I finished setting up my booth. I was selling my art and prints and everything. And I was just walking around just to check everything out. And as I was walking down one of the aisles, I just saw this girl that just, I stopped right where I was and just stood there and just watched her walk at me and turned around and just watched her until she was out of sight. It, like everything, half of this story is going to be like a bad movie for you <laughs> or a cheesy movie. But um, the next day she comes in full costume because she was a cosplayer. She was promoting for one of our mutual friends and we just hadn't met. And so she uh, came over and was chatting me up and I like to troll the cosplayers. So she was like, I'm Nightingale and I was created by Wayne. And I was like, oh, so he's your daddy? And she's like, no, he will never be my daddy. Oh my God. <laughs> so uh, while we were talking, suddenly she was saying that she, she's like, this isn't my real hair. I have short blonde hair. And I looked and I said, oh, I saw you yesterday. She said, how do you know now that you saw me yesterday? I said, well, because of that, mark in the shape of a heart on your cheek she's like my scar she's like just now you recognize me and it's only because of my scar I said yeah so we talked a little bit more and then throughout the weekend she apparently she told me later that she was kind of sneaking up just to sneak some peeks and see what I was doing um and then that Sunday I was supposed to see go out with some other people and then there was another girl actually that I was supposed to meet up with she kept delaying saying, you know, her grandmother was sick or something. She ended up completely standing me up. So like I went up to Crystal as everybody was breaking everything down and I was like shaking. I asked her if she wanted to go out and she said yes. So I got her number. And uh, so that night when I went to pick her up, uh, you know, she was putting all her piercings back in. So she was back in normal, like punky girl mode. And uh, so we went out to a couple of bars uh, it was out in like Mesa, Arizona. Uh, we went to a bar, started talking, enjoying you know each other's company, whatever. Had something to eat, and then we went to a second one, and just naturally, because she was like, hey, "Let's go check somewhere else out." So we went to a sports bar, and I just naturally, like as we walked in, just reached down and we grabbed her hand, and it just was so normal, you know. Jesse. Um... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you ever believe in fate? You met her on February 12th, you know, Arizona's birthday. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> That's funny. And so while we were at the second one, and we, I mean, we were getting into some heavy conversation, you know, about so much. It was when you meet someone and you instantly hit it off and you know that it's the beginning of something. That's how it was. 
So we were sitting across from each other and just talking. And uh, I stopped and I said, I hope you don't hate me for this, but I have to know something. And she goes, what? And I just leaned all the way across the table and kissed her. And it was amazing. And like, it was always the same for her. Like she would get goosebumps and chills and stuff. So I mean, it was a very mutual thing. Um, and I sat back down and she was like, what was it? I was like, I needed to know if you were feeling the same way I was. And she's like, you could tell that from a kiss. And I was like, well, can't you? And she was like, yeah. She's like, I don't know why, but this is happening. And I was like, do you want to go back? Or she's like, I want to spend the night with you. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> How does this happen to other guys? If I reach over and try to kiss a girl, I get slapped and maybe even a lawsuit. These things always happen to my friends. That's why I wanted to have Jesse on the show. I wanted you guys to live vicariously. Uh, through him I would have just been curious you know hey does your breath stink you know but uh, continue with your story oh, thanks so uh, we did spend the night together and I told her um, I was like look I know you live in she lives and lived in Corpus Christi I was like you know I know you live so far away I might never see you again I was like so even if this is all we get I was like if I can just love you as much as I can for one night even if I only get one night with you I wanted to just be able to completely, you know, give in emotionally and just feel this, even if it's just once. And um, so she ended up going back to Texas and we stayed in touch. And before she went back though, she was like, so are you going to El Paso Con? And I was like, I don't know why. And she's like, I am, I want you to go. I was like, okay, well then I'll find a way. So that was six weeks later. So we stayed in touch. Um, texting and talking regularly. You know, we were both in the process of going through divorces from our respective spouses. We both had kids. We both had a son named Ethan. She only has one kid though. Um, and so after about a week of just realizing how intensely we felt about each other, um, she told me, maybe it was two weeks, but she told me, she said, listen, um, I know how much you've told me you feel and, and I believe you. And I just want to let you know that if I wasn't so sick, that I think this would be a lot easier. I was like, well, what do you mean? She was like, well, I told you I was sick. That's why I had to take my medication at the hotel. And I was like, yeah, but I was like, are we talking like six months left to live sick or, you know, like over time, you know, you'll slowly get worse. And she was like, no, it was originally six month life expectancy, but now they're saying two to five years. And I was like, whoa what and she had something called vasculitis so it's like the opposite of cancer so basically your body eats itself nobody knows exactly what causes it it's usually like men in their 60s that have had some sort of physical trauma or medical trauma um and so like how old was she jess how old was she then uh 35 it's 35 yeah and um so it, when it had first hit, like it ate a lot of the tissue in her leg. And, um, you know, I came to find all this out you know, later, but so she told me, she was like, you know, I know where you're going with this and I know you want a life with me and I know you want to be together forever, but you have to realize that forever isn't going to be that long for me. And I was like, Oh my God. You know? And she was like, listen, I don't want to 
you know, try to convince you of anything, it's not fair. So I want you to, you know, after we talk, don't call or text, just think for a while and take the time you need to and decide if this is something you want because I'm not going to try to latch on to you if, you know, you don't want to be the unsuspecting guy that doesn't know what he's in for. You need to be aware. I said, okay. So she said goodbye, hung up, whatever. And so later that day, I saw my ex-wife. We, um, I got the kids from school, and I was just not – I was trying to just keep it together, you know. And so she says to me, she's like, I don't care what's going on between you and me. She's like, you need to tell me what's wrong. And I said, I said, do you remember I told you about the girl that, you know, if things kept going in the right direction that – I might want to pursue a relationship. And she said, she looks at me, I swear to God, she goes, Oh my God, did Crystal die? And I just broke down crying and I said, not yet. And I just like collapsed. Like she grabbed me and hugged me and I was just a mess. And she was like, Oh shit. Like, how do you respond to that? You know, for those that are just joining us, Jesse meets Crystal February 12th. Uh, I think it's safe to say it's love at first sight. You know, you don't fall in love with somebody that looks sickly like they're dying. So I'm assuming she looked very much alive and, and dropped dead gorgeous yeah. right, based on the look on Jesse's face here. And I don't know how I would react if somebody told me they had three to five years because I'm the type that does the math and I say, God, that's about a thousand days. And yeah. that's just hardcore. And you know, you fall in love uh, with somebody on for, in first sight, and there's that love cocktail going on in your brain. Uh, and to get to the point where you're pouring tears over her that quickly to your ex of all people, uh, that that's really something. Um, please continue. Yeah. So she was like, she looks at me and she was like, well, what is it? I kind of gave her a quick explanation while I was crying. She was like, well, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah. And she said, look, I won't get in your way. I don't want you to resent me even more because we had, I won't go into all the things, but you know, she had done a lot to cause the, the breakup. So she said, she doesn't want me to resent her. And she's like, she's like, if you miss your chance to be with her before she's gone because of me, she's like, you probably would hate me even more. And I was like, you're probably right. <laughs> so I called Crystal the next day and she was like, I told you not to call me until you made a decision. And I was like, I know I did. She's like, yeah, I didn't think you'd be able to be with me. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, well, there's no way anybody would in only one day be able to decide to make a commitment to stay with somebody like me. And I told her, I said, you know, I don't care if I get 50 years or five years or just one more day. If you'll have me, I want that with you. I want whatever time I can take. I want it if you'll, give it to me. And it was a crazy conversation. That sounds like my artsy fartsy friends, Jesse. So are you artsy fartsy? Is this one of those things where is there a such thing as love at first sight with you and Gaga and you know, you're all in? Is, is that is that basically what you're describing here? And were you always that way? Or was she the first one that made? No, I was I've always been a very romantic person. And that's how I felt with with my ex-wife too. I mean, I had actually had a dream and drew a picture back when I was in high school of the girl in the dream. And then when I went to college, I met her. So, you know, I've, I've kind of had this odd series of events in my life anyway. It's always 
always something unusual happening around me. So, um, so when I told Crystal that, you know, I, I, I worried all the time. And so she convinced me to try stand-up comedy. And she said, you know, you're always just waiting around to hear back from me. And you know, she said, you know, I can't always promise if I'm not able to get out of bed or if I get sick and I'm in the hospital. She said, I don't want you to be worrying about me all the time. So why don't you do that? That way, when you can, when you start getting emotional or worrying too much, instead of driving yourself crazy, you can go out and find an open mic and just hang out and, you know, tell some jokes and, you know, take your mind off of me. So that's where comedy started and um so finally six weeks passes and i get to see her we meet up in el paso so it's midway point you know she's in corpus christi and i was here so it's you know about what seven or eight hours from each so we're in el paso and uh her friends wanted to meet me for dinner so as soon as i got in i was uh right there you know like crying just so happy to see her you know, and so they were like, oh, my God, calm down. Because they, they wanted to, you know, grill me about their friend. And I just couldn't take my eyes off of her because, I mean, like, you know, we met, fell in love, found out in, you know, in the six week, the month and a half period in between getting to see her again that she's dying. And any time I see her, like literally any chance that I got to see her or talk to her could be the last if she got too sick or something because her immune system was screwed. Um, so I was just like at least happy tears that time you know I was just so happy to see her and I just didn't want to let go of her and so we spent the week there um you know, we did the El Paso Comic Con but we also did you know a few more days just to get to know her friends a little bit better and you know meet all of the people that she knew there because she had lived there for a while um so by the time we left it was solid you know I mean there were there was a red flag because she had gotten a little drunk and we were at a bar and she tried to like pour her drink in her, uh, in her water bottle in front of the bartender. And like, he was like, you can't do that. She's like, it's fine. And uh, she got mad at me for being like, you can't do it. It's illegal. Like, you know, so that was a little weird, you know, so that was, that was the first warning sign that there might be something off, but the rest of the weekend went great. Or whole week, actually, it was about a week. And, uh, what do you mean warning sign? Something might be off. So I, I'm looking at that and thinking, okay, well, you know, when people maybe get to that extra drink or two in their system, right, they start to be a little goofy. You're saying that that was a warning sign of things to come? Yeah, she was because she was being irrational and, you know, getting mad about something that I mean, you, you can't take a drink from a bar, put it in a water bottle and walk around with it in most cities, you know, and she used to live there. So she knows this, you know, and then she flipped out on me for saying, you know, you have to listen to him. They're going to kick us out or call the cops or whatever. So that was a little weird, but everything else went great. So I was like, okay, maybe fluke, maybe, you know, she just had too much to drink, whatever. We'll deal with it. And so we started making our plans. Um, so what we ended up doing is because we decided that this was permanent or as, at least as permanent as it could be, that she was going to, when it was time for the Phoenix Comic Con, so the big one in May, she was going to stay with her friend here. Um, my ex-wife wanted to meet her, so when, she, when Crystal landed, we met up and we all three went out to brunch just so everybody, we could see how everybody got along. Um, 
So we did stay with her. I ended up going with her because it was closer to the Comic-Con. So I took all my stuff and we stayed in her friend's other bedroom for, you know, the weekend of the con. And then uh, when that was over, um, she ended up basically staying the summer, the rest of the summer. And so we traveled. We went to my friend's wedding in Texas. And after the wedding, she flew her son up to Dallas. We were in Dallas. She flew her son up from Corpus. We We drove him back with us. So he was with us for a good chunk of it too. And um, so he got to meet my ex and my kids. So everybody would just hang out together and just get to know each other and just kind of learning how to be a blended family for the, you know, the summer getting a start on that. Um, We went to another Comic-Con in Vegas. Uh, We stayed with her sister's husband's sister. So like a, uh, (laughs) like a sister-in-law-in-law. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I always think it's weird whenever the ex is involved, but uh, apparently Jesse and his ex have a pretty decent relationship. We're going to uh, take this story up when we get back from a quick break. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand Internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear, and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. And welcome back. So we're here with Jesse. And Jesse, uh, before we went to break, you were talking about how your girlfriend had come down to meet your ex-wife, which I thought was a little unique, but uh, apparently that dynamic worked. They got along. Uh, please continue where you left off. Yeah, it was, so it was really interesting. You know, we traveled a lot and got to, to meet each other's friends and respective families and stuff. So when we were in Vegas, you know, we stayed with, uh, you know, a non-blood relative basically of hers. And it was funny because um, she was like, wow, I've never seen anybody treat her like this before she's just, I've never seen her so happy and I said you know I'm not really worried about the guys from before because from what she says there's really not much to say about them but you know I'm not worried about that but I was like you know what if one day there is somebody else that would put in effort you know that's the thing is I want to make sure that every day I treat her better than anybody else ever could so that there's no way somebody could come along and she'll be like oh he treats, treats me better than Jesse you know um and then we went and visited her uh, sister and brother and her you know, sister's family and everything on the way back to Phoenix. And so, I mean, we spent a lot of time and a lot of money just meeting everybody's uh, lives, basically, our, our friends and family. Uh, you know, when we were in Texas, we got to see my college friends and everything. So, you know, we really started to develop so much. And we talked about, I mean, we wanted to be able to get married while we still had enough time to do things together. You know, we wanted to be able to take a honeymoon while she was still healthy enough to, to enjoy it, you know? Um, so like, and that's another one is like my ex-wife was coming up with ideas and she was like, look, and since, you know, because of her health problems, like I found a cake that would work with her diet. If we, you know, I'll help you guys out. It was just really nice. Cause she was, I mean, she really was trying to make up for all the mistakes she'd made in the marriage. Um, but then it started getting weird. So, like Crystal started accusing me of st- like just claiming that I was going to make threats and all this stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? And when my ex-wife would see us, like she'd, she'd be like, she'd kind of not walk in on us. It makes it sound dirty, but she'd see like Crystal crying and me just holding on to her, just letting her cry. And she'd be like, it's <laughs> you know? And so when people were trying to, you know, when Crystal started trying to claim that I was a dick and all this other stuff, um, you know, she came to my defense and was like, dude, like you're, you just sit there and let her talk and then hold her when she cries. Like, what the hell? Like one night she called her friend that we had stayed with that was, you know, lives here like three o'clock in the morning to drive from Mesa to surprise, which if anybody knows, that's an hour drive because she just starts freaking out in the middle of the night and like takes her phone and like bashes it against the wall, starts throwing shit, picks her phone back up, breaks it in half, throws it again. So takes all of her stuff, puts it on the sidewalk in the middle of the night. And so when Kara shows up, yeah. Uh, To all my women listeners, close your ears. To all my male listeners, this is just typical female behavior. Please continue. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so when Kara showed up, I mean, the issue is Crystal was having her medication sent to my house. We're waiting for it to come. She was out. It's the medication that keeps her 
immune system back kind of in balance. It's almost like a chemo shot. It's called Enbro. She had that and some other stuff coming to the house and who knows how long she wanted to be gone. So I'm like crying, telling Kara, like, what do we do? What happens if, you know, she gets hit with something while she's at your house and she's in the hospital because, you know, she didn't have her medicine. I'm just thinking of worst case scenarios, you know? And, you know, then finally two days later, Crystal told me to come pick her up and bring her back. And I was like, what happened? She's like, oh, I just needed to break from the situation. Like what situation? She's like, well, I just didn't feel welcome anymore. Like I was crying in the middle of the street in the middle of the night, begging you to come back inside. Like, how are you not welcome? Are you serious? And so just that sort of thing went on off and on for a while uh, to the point where like my ex-wife was like, I should be the last person to tell you this, but I don't like the way she treats you anymore. She used to treat you really well. And she's like, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. You know, he does sound like she's kind of gone twilight zone. Mm. Um, are you an ugly crier? I'm an ugly crier. No, I'm you're, I'm a, you're a cute crier. Yeah, I'm adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets a little weird, right? Right. And did the weirdness plateau? Did it go, did it, did you have patches of goodness or was it just like I mean, this stuff is going to get weirder and weirder as time goes was, forward? And it was, well, it was still totally normal and sweet the rest of the time, but it was the fact that it started happening over and over again. And she's, you know, screaming at me with my kids sleeping in the next room. And when she was throwing stuff, my kids were sleeping in the next room. And I'm like, what if, you know, they came out to see what was happening as she's throwing something and it hits them in the head. I mean, what if my kids, I don't trust you around my kids anymore. When I used to have you, you know, Hey, I've got to take one of them to the bathroom. Can you watch the other ones in the pool? You know, thought it was great until I'm starting to sense that there may not be, you know, a lot of safety, you know, with, and she would, you know, she drank and drove a lot like day drinker, like she'd drink all day long. She'd just have straight vodka in a water bottle and just drink it all throughout the day. So, I mean, it was, she did it because if she took all of her medication, her muscle relaxers and her pain pills and everything for everything that's wrong, like sometimes she'd be laid up in bed for two days because it would just knock her out. So with alcohol, she could at least semi-function, but obviously, you know, you drink enough, you get the idea. Um, so it came to the end of the summer and she had to go back because she had to make sure her son was ready for his last year of school. And so what we were planning was uh, we were going to, I was going to help her with the preparation to get him into college, make sure he had all of his testing, make sure he had all of his applications in and find, I found some loopholes. So he actually um, fit a different level of requirements in Texas because he had done early college enrollment. So you actually don't have to have as high a GPA and test scores. So that helped. And so, so let me get this straight. Not only are you taking her into your life with the knowledge that it's going to be limited, but you're marrying obviously her family too. And that includes her son. Yeah. And although he's becoming a young adult, uh, there's obviously that thought in your head that, Hey, if she passes on, I'm still going to have a relationship with this, with this boy. Right. Yeah. Well, and she asked my ex-wife and I, she said, you know, you two went to college and have, you know, lives and everything and are really responsible. She said, you know, I don't have that in most of my family other than my mom and stepdad. She said, you know, I, I want him to go to college. I want him to have a career. So if, if I'm not around by the time he graduates college with the two of you kind of watch out for him and make sure he stays on the right track and doesn't just go screw around. So, I mean, we even talked, I mean, it's so weird to have regular conversations about, okay, so when I'm dead, you know, and, uh, 
so when we finally did this, it was, uh, we went to homecoming. I went to North Texas. We went to homecoming. I'm an alumni ambassador for them. So I organize events in Arizona for alumni coming through or who live out here. Like we have, you know, I'm, I'm really actively involved. I know I look kind of punk, but I, I'm actually surprisingly responsible <laughs> for how I look. Um, so we went back. I had made some uh, contact with people that I knew that worked, still worked at the university. They worked in admissions and they worked in financial aid and everything. I was like, hey, so we're going to come in. We're going to do a tour and I want to kind of walk him through the, the the whole plan of what you have to do to go to college, especially if, you know, I end up having him come here. And so um, we went on the tour. We did all this other stuff, went to the football game. And I had told her, I was like, well, you just see it because he had a friend with him too. I was like, do they like football? You know, will they go? And she's like, well, we're the adults. Well, if they don't want to, we'll just tell them, hey, that's what we're doing. You have to go. Just to give you an idea of how weird things had gotten with her, um, we uh, while we were there, I got a call. My sister had been stabbed and was in the emergency room. While I'm on the phone about this, she's like, "Well, they want to go. They want to go back to the hotel. I need to. I want to take your car." She'd been drinking all day. I was like, "You're not taking my car." She's like, "Well, I'll be fine." She's like, "I can tell you, I'm I'm fine to drive." I'm like, "Well, it's not what you think. It's what." anybody who pulls you over is going to think. So no. She's like, well, I need an Uber. You need to get, she's like, I'll get it, but I can't get it on my phone right now. I was like, I'll get it. But I'm, I'm in the middle of dealing with my news of my sister getting stabbed while I'm at homecoming with people I haven't seen in years that are here. They came expressly to meet you and your kid and to be you know, an inspiration to help him be focused for college. And I got to say 99 people out of a hundred would just naturally say, Hey, this is one of those unique situations. Kids be quiet. We're going to let Jesse take care of his sister situation. Right. And in yeah. her case, she's ready to go do some drunk driving with the family. Yeah. It's, it was ridiculous. And so it just got more and more out of hand. Well, and it was strange. So let me take it back a little bit because before we got to Dallas, um, about two weeks before then we met up in San Antonio, um, we were going to do some Comic-Con stuff, but we ended up just having a weekend together. And I hadn't seen her in a couple months. So, of course, you know, I just can't wait to see her. And when I went to outside when she pulled up so I could go help her with her bags, I went to hug her. And it's so different because the previous time, you know, when she had come here and she'd spent the summer with me and everything, when I saw her, as well as when I went to see her in El Paso, like, as soon as we saw each other, we just, I mean held on to each other and wouldn't let go and couldn't stop kissing each other. Meet up with her in San Antonio and just grab her. And she goes, Oh, it's hot. Get off me. I was like, that's a really different. I mean, for somebody who's going to be marrying me probably next year and is, you know, my, my kids call her mom and my ex is planning to, okay, how are we going to coordinate our families together? Because she's down, you know, and to have that change in reaction, and uh, she just was really distant. And so then when we got uh, the hotel, the weekend of homecoming, you know, and she was like, oh, yeah, let's make sure it's not near the kids because I'm want to. i going to make some noise with you. And it's just being like, yeah, we're going to be spending the weekend and just enjoying each other. And, you know, she made it sound like it'd be sex-filled weekend. And uh, we, didn't, we didn't have sex at all. She get shitty and got drunk, and she told me that she wanted to just stay single for a while. That was the night before the football game. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because sometimes things are telltale signs, and you know, when she's ill, you might think she's got hot flashes or she's just not feeling it, right, the vibe. Yeah. And, and it's so weird because, you know, I think we've all had situations of breakups, 
And I think couples break up a couple of days mentally before they do physically. And I think, I think what you're talking about here is starting to look really familiar to me. So continue. Yeah. And so, I mean, she's basically saying I'm, I'm done. I, I just want to be single and I don't think I can do this anymore and whatever. So we just went to sleep and I just couldn't, I could hardly sleep all night. So then the next day when we're dealing with this craziness and she's drunk, wants to go drunk driving with the kid to get him out while I'm in the middle of dealing with my sister being in the ER and all this shit that's happening. Um, and so finally I just give in and I get them the Uber and then they get lost. Like it was, it was like, okay, that building right there, it's on that end. And they got lost because she was getting them drunk without like they're, they're 16, 17 year old kids. And she was getting them drunk at a tailgating event where it's illegal and it's on state, it's a state university. It's on state property. She's getting her son and his friend drunk. So they were too drunk to walk directly to the building that you can see across the field from where we were. So I had to go wander around, find them because they ended up over near the freaking highway. And anybody who's familiar with Fouts Field at North Texas, oh, actually, no, that was after we had moved from Fouts, but to Apogee Stadium, you know, we're talking the difference from the highway to the athletic dorm. And so anybody watching that knows the area is like, yeah, that's complete opposite direction. How did you do that? And she's, and so then she pulls off the whole, oh, well, they're just children. I'm like, wait, you're in the middle of telling me they're adults enough to do this, but now they're just children and they can't walk from here to the corner of the building. So sometimes when we fall out of love, we do start bickering, right? Whereas when we're in love, we kind of uh, ignore the annoying things because they make a person seem even more cute. At this point, are you starting to in your head thinking, you know, I wonder if there's somebody else on the side or are you starting to think like, I can't even think that way because this person's dying. How horrible is it even for me to think this way? Well, what's going through your head when this is all happening? Well, that's exactly what it was is I was like, you know, and I even told my ex, I was like, you know, even though she's being irrational, I'm like, it's not like with us where I put up with it for nine years of marriage. It's like, it's only going to be for a couple of years. So if she's having mood swings and all this craziness, I was like, I have to stay with her. I can't, I can't be the one that leaves the dying girl, you know? Um, but no, she did. So while we were there, she, you know, we get her kids back, her kid and his friend back. And then she basically just wants to still hang out there and wait for me to be done, but like, won't sit with me, won't talk to me. And I was like, can we at least just try to have one more good day? And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, last night you told me you didn't want to be with me anymore. And now you're treating me like crap in front of my friends who, you know, 30 people are here to meet you. Like, are you serious? And, uh, and she was like, well, just because I said I wanted to be saying doesn't mean I'm going to do it. I'm like, that's exactly what you were. So we walk out to, she wanted another beer from concessions. And, um, while we're talking, she like hands me the beers. So my hands are completely full. She goes, you know what? Now I really am leaving you. Bye. And walks out of the stadium so that I couldn't follow her because I had the beers in my hand and everything. Why? Why did this happen? Because did you take too long crazy. getting the beers? She's, no, she's just, she was nuts, dude. And so she leaves, we assume forever. So I'm, t I'm just watch the rest of the game with my friends and go out and she's sitting by the car. Oh and no, this means she, she this means up. you've had her waiting, correct? And so, no, I was like, I was like, the hell is happening so my friend drives us because i've been drinking but he hadn't so he drives the two of us back to the hotel um 
And I was like, dude, I need you to walk me in because this is going to get nuts. And I was like, okay, get your shit and get out. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you left me last night and told me today that's not what you meant. And then you told me now I'm really leaving you. So you don't get the luxury. I was like, I'm already paying for your kid's room and your whole fucking trip here. And she was like, I meant I was leaving the situation. I was like, no, you made it really clear that, you know, now I really am leaving you. There's no other way you can take it. I was like, I'm not dealing with you treating me like shit. My ex-wife thinks you treat me like shit. Your friends think you treat me like shit. So bye. And um, then, so let me- Jesse, hold, hold that thought. Oh. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break. Okay. Before, before we do, I just want to say once again, my ex-wife thinks you treat me like shit. These are things that just are, I don't normally hear these type of comments, but hold those thoughts. We're going to take a quick break and then finish this story up with Jess. I love this story, by the way. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand Internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear, and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. 
And now, back to Jesse Jameson and friends. This is a fascinating story, Jesse. Once again, I want to thank you for coming on to Jesse Jameson and Friends. And I know you have a ton of uh, other stories that you're going to be sharing with us throughout the year. So I'm, I'm really uh, smiling from ear to ear. Um, I think we've all met people uh, that we really enjoy their company and we fall for them. And then we slowly fall out of love. Uh, and a lot of times when, you know, you want to break up with somebody, you almost go out of your way to act crazy. I don't know exactly where Crystal's coming from in this story. So Jesse, uh, maybe uh, fill in the, the blanks here for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was rough. So when that happened, her, she had already kind of fallen out of favor with some of her friends, especially the one here, who's now my best friend. You might have, you might have met Kara. She's AZ Power Girl, Kara Nicole. She's a famous cosplayer. And, um, and we're super tight. We do everything together. And, you know, she got, well, I'll tell you in a minute how she got me back to comedy, but um, she wanted, she saw what a rut I was in, but a lot of her friends just dropped her and took my side because I'd gotten to be really close friends with them. And, you know, she's a very selfish person, come to find out, as you can probably guess. And she was a selfish friend too, whereas with me, I was always, you know, trying to look for, you know, what can I do for you? And uh, so I blamed myself. I didn't know what I did wrong. I assumed, you know, the dying girl leaves you. There's no way she would leave somebody that loves her this much. So I had to have been the terrible person in this situation. Um, and I literally, for about two years, I just cried almost nonstop. Like any chance that I got to just stay active and not think about it was great, but I just drank and cried like crazy. And um, so after a few months of that, Kara was like, well, look, you need to get out and do stuff and stop crying. And you need to go back to comedy. You're good at it. I think you should spend your time on that and that'll get you out and give you something to focus on. So she booked me on a show in Vegas. Um, it's not like she's a booker, but she talked that she knows the guy she was doing promotions for the guy that put it together. So I opened for a show that included Carlos Alas Rocky as the headliner, Craig X, Bruce Jingles, uh, Amazon Eve, Erica Irvin, the from American horror story. Um, it's Sean Savoy, Nikki Fuchs, I think that's everybody, <laughs> like all big names. I mean, and Nikki is the one, only one that's not like as big a name, but she was already, you know, she's a road comic. She's done you know, big events and, and headlined at clubs and stuff. So, I mean, she's, she's a major player. You know, she's just not as famous as the rest of them, but still it's a crazy show for what I did. I've been on stage, you know, a few times <laughs> just for fun. Um, so that really got me the inspiration to just really keep going and, and to make something out of comedy. Um, but it's interesting. So Kara had kind of had an inkling about a few things. And she was finally, we were in New Mexico at one of the New Mexico Comic Cons. And she said to me, she's like, let me ask you something. She said, did you ever ask Crystal to get to do a sexy photo shoot? So you had hot pictures of her in like boudoir or lingerie type stuff. I was like, no, I really need to. She's like, yeah, you never seemed like that kind of guy to me. And I was like, why? And she said, because that's the photo shoot that I did for her when she was here. And she said it was for her boyfriend. But you're the only one I've ever met. So what is happening? And I was like, I don't know. So eventually came to find out and figure it out. And I was still in touch with Crystal a little bit. 
texting and online or whatever, she was still very mysterious. So I just gave her her space, you know, thinking I'd done something terrible. So she had something on her fan page of her cosplay. And I figured out just kind of from, uh, she had told me that she had been dating a guy that was friends with her brother. And then, you know, when it was over that it was, you know, she cleared him out of her life. And so when I saw it on the fan page, there's this one guy who was, you know, just as redneck as everybody else, you know, that's what, that's what Kara said. She goes, you know, you have to realize Crystal has a type. It's white trash. And she's like, she was never good enough for you. So she's like, don't worry. You're just not her type. You're not trashy enough to be her type. But then this, this guy, and I tagged him in a comment on the post. And I was like, yeah, cause I think she was back in the new. Turns out I was right. And when they were in Dallas, she and Kara went to a con in Dallas together. And then, so this was terrifying because I had been thinking something happened to Crystal because she was, it was like an aftermath of a hurricane. The weather was awful and she was driving from Dallas to Corpus Christi. And she was hours and hours later letting me know that she was home safely than she should have been. So I'm like in tears. I'm like, I don't want to text or call in case she's, you know, on the road and I don't want to distract her even more. And I'm just a mess. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, she's, you know, she's gone already, you know. And then she finally tells me she's home safe. Turns out she wasn't delayed. She wasn't seeing her friend, Rana or whatever her name was. Um, she had driven a couple hours out of her way to fuck this guy. And then afterwards drove back and lied and said that she was seeing another friend. And then she, another time she had said that it was girls night with her and Kara. No, she was fucking another guy. So who knows? Cause she would go out and not answer or anything. And she was going out to the bar locally there like five nights a week. She had told me it was just her one night a week that she'd go on Mondays and do karaoke. And then she slipped later and admitted it's usually about five nights a week that she was going out and getting drunk and, you know, getting hammered with these guys. My first like 10 years of life, the only death I ever saw was like on, you know, old fifties and sixties sitcoms or whatever in the old wild west. And, the bad guy would get shot and he'd be like, oh, I've taken a bullet. I've shot. I'm dying. Right. And he would die and it would take him like an hour and a half just to die in misery. Right. While you're watching him struggle. And when you describe Crystal, like you're talking about a girl that's literally only got a couple hundred days to live. And she's sitting out there like sowing her wild oats. It, remi it reminds me of people that say, well, if I only had a week to live, I'd probably go do all the drugs that I could to experience all the highs. Is that the type? Is that I'm, her? I'm assuming that that was, you know, what was going on. Who knows? I mean, she was so nuts, but, um, you know, you got somebody who everyone says, you know, your friends like them better than you because they treat you so well. And everyone's like, Oh, nobody's ever treated. You're going to do this. Well, the guy messaged me and was like, Hey, you know, this is just how she is. She cheated on me. You know, when we were together too, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but I didn't, he's like, I didn't realize she was with somebody. Cause when, I asked her, turns out she, this was her excuse with everyone. When people are like, well, who's that guy you're with all the time? She said, oh, that's just my gay best friend. So her way of... And I think we should explain to people that, Jesse, when I'm looking at you, I'm looking at a guy that has a uh, pink shirt on, pink hair, nose piercings. You're okay with people uh, not necessarily knowing where you're coming from. Was this... Did somebody hurt you? Why, why do you uh, choose to, to dress the, the way that you do? I just, 
figure, well, especially since Crystal, you know, ever since she left, I just don't care anymore what people, I, I didn't care what people think anyway, but now I really don't care what people think, because I'm like, dude, my dying fiance left me and cheated on me, like, are you, <laughs> there's not much that can affect me now after that, that's why this whole year, this whole year of pandemic and everything, and everybody's like, oh my god, the world's terrible, I'm like, I've been through worse, fuck you guys. <laughs> and and uh, you're not, you're not the only one that's having intercourse with her so i'm assuming that even though once again she's nearing death she still looks very lively like she's got a great future i'm assuming just physically looking at her correct um yeah well she i mean she was getting a little rough even to we were only together for about a year but i mean keep in mind we would spend like 15 hours a day talking sometimes just talking and talking about everything in our life because we again you only have a little time so yeah, her. Ex but I don't mind that people think I'm gay. Sometimes I play with that on stage and you know make people question. Be like, wait, he's gay? No, wait, he's straight? No, wait. <laughs> and it's it's fun. It's funnier that way. But when you're my fiance and you're dying, and your way of hiding our relationship is telling the guys you're cheating on me with that no, there's nothing going on. He's my gay best friend. Fuck you. That's about as shitty as it gets. Now, you, guys were, you guys were broken up when you found out about all these partners, whether it be one or ten. Is it easier right. to find out that you were cheated on after the breakup, or is it still just kind of burn inside? You know, I so for about three days after I found out, I got really drunk, and I just basically lit into her all over social media until she, you know, pretty much like either blocked me or I think, well, because – her friends couldn't find her either. So I think she blocked everybody or made her pages private or something because like all of her shit where she was trying to, you know, act all normal or whatever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you, you were my kid's mom. They ask about her still. Like you were going to be their stepmom and all this, uh, you know, all the things that I did for you. I did everything. Like even my ex-wife was like, you know, when I was a disaster, I was crying and I was like, you know, I have to find a way to fix it. And she told me, she was like, what more could you have done that you didn't already do for her? Like you did everything for her and she still left. She said, you know, she was probably trying to push you away to save you by treating you the way you did, she did and you just wouldn't leave. So she had to do it to get rid of you, basically. And she's, I'm sure she's right. But I mean, the fact that, you know, Crystal's friends found out that she was cheating and you know, that is why I found out. So I was pissed for about three days. And then after that, I was like, fuck, wow, I'm over. And just that quickly, I was finally over after two years of just crying all the time. Like, oh my God, she's, you know, because, and I told her this, I was like, you realize you made me lose you twice. Like I knew I was going to lose you already, but you left and I lost you. And now I'm just waiting till the day when I lose you forever. Like, that's kind of unfair, especially since you won't even tell me why I, you did it. And so uh, we don't know exactly. I mean, I'm sure someone knows, but I mean, she just vanished from the last few friends about a year and a half ago and she's not reachable. So wherever we think that she was back with her ex-husband. Um, but yeah, no one's, no one's heard from her, nothing. And she was getting sicker, obviously. So we don't know if it was uh, complications of vasculitis or if she finally drank herself to death or, you know, got in an accident or whatever, but, you know, I don't really care enough to find out. I mean, it was a big important time in my life and she was important to me then, but uh, now I just wish I had never wasted my time on her, you know? Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. The name of your story is she cheated, lied and died, but technically speaking, like the end of a twilight zone, 
she might still be alive. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? Well, when we were talking about it and we were like, because basically no one at all has heard anything. And so Kara was like, she's like, no, you're right. She's like, yeah, she's, she's dead. That's crazy. But technically speaking, you don't know. I had a friend named Wade and we became frenemies and ultimately enemies. And then one day I just noticed that he quit like prank calling me. I know this sounds crazy because I'm in my forties and he was actually a little older than me, but he would prank call me in the middle of the night just to give me grief. And he would do it in a funny, nice PG way. It wasn't like he was, you know, doing it in a horrible way, but it was still a prank calling me. And finally uh, I just noticed he disappeared and I asked a mutual friend and he's all, yeah, he died. Mm. Sometimes people just kind of disappear and pass. We have a couple minutes left, you know, I, I think that everybody has experienced cheating and, or, or at least most of us have. And my ex, I, I won't name her name. I don't consider her to be a horrible person, but one day uh, I'm going to work and all of a sudden I see her car and Jesse, you know how irritating and horrible it makes you feel when you're about to do a shift at work and you see your girl's ex-boyfriend driving her car and then you call her and you say, hey, where are you? And she says, oh, I'm just out and about. And I say, really? Because I just saw your car and so-and-so is in your car, you know? And then you get a lie upon a lie upon a lie. And, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I think we can all commiserate with it. That's why I wanted to do a show like this where people could realize that, hey, we all have these issues that we're dealing with. So now you live in a world where you assume she's passed. Yeah. Is there is there a story or a lesson that maybe we could learn or a tip or advice you'd give to somebody that's maybe going through these same feelings and emotions with their significant other? Um, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's funny that you met me through comedy. And when I tell people, you know, comedy happened by accident, this was never my intention. You know, I mean, it's, it's a great job. I mean, it's not paying all the bills yet, but I mean, I get to travel even during the pandemic. I've gotten to travel and make money telling jokes to strangers. Like, really? Um, but you know, the plan was, you know, I have all these college, I have four college degrees. I spent my life, you know, perfecting my art and my singing. I know I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to write, get a record deal. It just never happened. Almost happened a few times. Wanted my art to take off and, you know, I still do my art, but comedy's taken up so much time. So just accidentally ended up with comedy taking over so much of my time. And so Crystal telling me, to do it so I wouldn't worry about her so much when fact is she was probably out getting laid, you know, and then, you know, Kara coming along and being like, look, you need to fix your life. I'm just going to do what I know. And I'm just going to find you opportunities to perform. So I mean, really it evolved into the bizarre life that I have now, which is awesome, you know, and I get to, you know, I have a cable special now it's on, it's not on a very known thing. We started a new cable channel over the pandemic called BMG Comedy, and I have a special, half-hour special on there, and, you know, again, I've gotten to do road work, I'm producing, I'm producing tour dates for people all over the country now, like, co-producing with a network of producers that we have through comedy, so, I mean, look at what you can get if you find something out of the disaster that happened, you know? Do you have your own website or a place where maybe a listener of the show could reach out to you, because not only do you do comedy, but I'm assuming if somebody wanted to reach out and ask you a question or, or tell you a little bit about what they were going through, is there a, maybe an email or a website they could uh, reach out to you at? Uh, yeah, if you want, anybody can find me on social media. It's just kid ever and ever is most of my social media stuff. 
Um, and then you can email kideverart at gmail.com. It's quick and easy way to find me. But, so yeah, I, you can I, find me anywhere. So <laughs> I'm not hard to track down. So I really love that you came on to share this story. It's not always easy, but you know, it sure does take a lot of stress off your shoulders. And I'm assuming every time you get it out, it gets a little bit easier. Uh, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, when you leave us tonight, you'll go home and think of some more stories to share with us again. Can we, can we trust that you'll come on again in the future? Oh yeah. I have a few more interesting things to tell you. And you know, it's, it is funny though. I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's so nonchalant. Um, I, when I was trying to get back into the comedy thing, I started crying on stage at three different open mics. That's how much of a mess I was. And now I can just tell you without, you know, without shedding a single tear, you know, and it's, you know, when people ask me about like, you know, well, why haven't you dated or why whatever? And I, one of my closest friends that I met about a year ago, we were talking and she was like, well, you know, none of these guys can handle rejection and they're all jerks and they all stalk me and call me names. And I was like, well, I asked you. She was like, wait, that's right. Right when we met. She goes, well, why did you take it so much better than all these other guys do? I said, Andy, my terminally ill fiance, love of my life, cheated on me, left me, and then died. If you don't want to go to a movie together, we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll all be okay. And there might be a blessing in that anyway. So anyway, we will see you next week on Jesse Jameson and Friends. Thank you. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.